This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Green Growers Farm and the elderberry syrup they produce. My friend Stacy, who has a podcast in this network, is the owner of Green Grower Farms, and they have a really great elderberry syrup product that if you are someone who gets into holistic prevention and care and cold and flu season, you're going to want to check this out. Elderberry is an immune modulating herb, which brings balance to the immune system, reducing stress, decreasing inflammation, and helping to prepare the body for cold and flu season naturally. Um, I've been taking a tablespoon every day because I'm getting ready to run this marathon and I'm doing everything in my power to not get any kind of sickness from my kids. Stacy's syrups at Green Growers also has healing herbs like ginger, cinnamon, rose hips, huge for vitamin C and clove. Elderberry syrup helps you stay on top of your health all year long, okay? So you all can check them out. Go support their local small farm, greengrowers.farm. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes. But if you use the code SANDYBOY, SANDYBOY is the name of my podcast network, SANDYBOY Productions. Uh, Use that code SANDYBOY and you'll get free shipping, which is a huge deal because shipping is actually really expensive. Um, So again, that's greengrowers.farm. And use the code Sandy Boy when you check out. All right, cool. Uh, so today's episode is with Neely Spence Gracie. I love Neely. She is so fun. She was on the podcast way back in the day, like four years ago back in the day. And it was such a joy to bring her back on the show. She is a running coach. Get Running Coaching is her business. She's a three-time Olympic trials qualifier, a 234 marathoner, 69-minute half marathoner, She's the mother of two and author of the new-ish book, Breakthrough Women's Running, that she co-wrote with Cindy Kuzma. And uh, exciting, she is having a really great year with her own training and is about to run Indie Monumental this weekend. So I'm so excited to get this episode out right before her race and we'll be so pumped to see what she does in this half marathon. And Uh, Then she shares also she's running CIM this year in this episode. So really exciting and will be really fun to watch Neely as she enters this part of her career. All right, friends, if you're loving the podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review so you can be entered to win a pair of Gooder sunglasses and just so you can support the podcast because it feels good to do nice things, right? Actually, the winner from last month is dun, 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 Laura. M-Y-F-L-D. I'm not going to read her review because it's long. It's amazing. It made me cry. It was so kind. And it made me realize why I keep doing what I do. Thank you, Laura, for your review that you left on October 25th, top of my podcast playlist. Um, Please email me, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com to redeem your gooder sunglasses. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Neely. Uh, all right. Well, today, back on the podcast, it has been several years. We have Neely Spence Gracie on the show. Welcome back, Neely. Yay! We did it. I'm so excited. I am too. 
Um, you were pregnant with your first son when you first came on this podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's four. So it has <laughs> a little bit of time. Isn't that wild? Time goes by so fast. It does. I guess you were pregnant then too, right? When was I not? When was I not? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Sandy and Athens are, um, really close in age. Yes. I think they're just a few weeks apart. Okay. Yes. I think we were probably both pregnant. Yes. I kind of, I very vaguely remember that conversation <laughs> now and you were excited because I think you had just found out you were having a boy maybe. Oh, it's all coming back to me. There we go. Okay. So Athens and Rome, right? Yes. How old is Rome? Rome is 16 months. Okay. He's currently napping. So fingers crossed. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So how how are you doing in life in general, being a mother and with your running and your coaching and your book promotion and all the things? Yeah, you mentioned all the things. Um, it has been a lot of fun. I feel pulled in a lot of directions often, but I think that's just kind of working mom, pursuing goals and trying to, you know, do the things and be successful. Um, it's just kind of comes with the territory, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, what does your life look like day to day? Are your boys going? Well, you mentioned Rome was home napping. Do they do preschool or anything like that? Yeah. Athens is in preschool and he goes to Montessori and that's been working really well. He's been there for a little over a year and we've been super pleased with it. Rome has been on the wait list for almost a year and is officially probably starting in February, I believe. So um, we're excited about that. And I kind of just make do in between. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dylan is back in the office full time, which kind of stinks. Um, but, you know, we knew it was inevitable at some point. So our life very much feels kind of, I don't know, normal, um, I guess. Uh, we're, we found a good groove um, amidst the, the chaos that is the Gracie family. But yeah, my, my, my days pretty much start with kids waking up. Um, both my kids love to be up early. So <laughs> 530 or so with them. Um, this morning, Rome tried to wake up at 415. And I was like, no, 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 this is not acceptable. So I got back to sleep till 545. But then of course, it's like, you know, it's hard to fall back asleep when you know, you're waking up like soon anyways. Um, and then I drop Athens off at school at eight. And then I usually start my run at that point. Are you running with a stroller then? So I do about usually like 15 to 30 miles a week with the stroller. Okay. Just depending um, if Dylan can go in a little bit later, then Got I it. can get my run in um, beforehand. Or uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I usually have a babysitter who okay. can come for hours to help out. Um, so I always do my workouts on babysitter days. Um, so that way I know I have enough time. And then I just renewed my membership to the gym so I can utilize the daycare um, and do treadmill runs as it gets colder if I can't do the stroller runs. You know, I once once COVID happened, then that's when we canceled our gym membership and we just kind of never went back. Mostly because like I don't need the childcare like I once did, right? Like I relied on that so heavily when all four of my kids were younger. And I oftentimes 
get a little bit like weepy about it thinking back to those times because I'm like oh my gosh I was dropping off babies when they were like six weeks old at the YMCA childcare so I could go <laughs> work out and that was my life for so long and it's just so strange that it's just done that time is over now yeah it is and um you know, I remember with Athens when he was a baby, he really struggled. Mm. Uh, he was he had a lot of separation anxiety, and mm -hmm. he's definitely more like nervous and anxious child um, to begin with. And I had to really ease him into the gym daycare. So I would take him for fifteen minutes mm. and fifteen minute increments, and you paid like two dollars a increment or something mm. like that. Um, and so I would do 15 minutes and I would like, just go do core. And then I come back and they'd be like, Oh, he cried the whole time. <laughs> so then, like once we finally got good at 15 minutes, then I would do 30 minutes and I would like maybe ride the bike or, you know, lift or whatever in 30 minutes. And then I come back and half the time they would still call me and like, he would be crying and I have to go get him. Um, and then I finally worked him up to the full 90 minutes where I could like get in the pool or I could run on the treadmill or whatever. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I had just mm -hmm. six months like transitioning him to being able to like be successful in the daycare. Um, and I was like super prepared that Rome was going to be the same way. And uh, yeah, I took him and he like wiggled out of my arms, wanted down, oh, left, did like, I did 30 minutes, came back. I had to drag him away. He didn't want to leave. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny how different they are. Okay. Well, I need like updates. What's going on with your running right now? Like, what are you pursuing? Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since I've said I'm pursuing anything in running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it feels good to have this conversation. Um, and I'm just going to tell everyone that Athens brought home a cold. And so that's why my voice sounds weird. Um, I don't usually sound this deep voice and raspy. But yeah, my last competitive season was 2017. And then I kind of rallied a little bit um, in between kids and managed to qualify for the Olympic trials, which is where I met you in yes. person, um, at Starbucks the one day. In the coffee um, shop. Yep. <laughs> yes. That was super fun. Um, I was so glad we got to see each other. I was like, I know her. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, and then, you know, right after that, the, the pandemic struck and I had every intention of running the marathon project. Um, but six weeks before, um, I found out that I was pregnant with Rome. So, you know, kind of put all the competitive goals aside, um, for another year. And then in this, this past spring, I kind of started doing some workouts and was like, yeah, maybe I'll like jump to some local races. And I ended up getting second in the citizens race at the Boulder Boulder, which is like a 10K. I think there were like close to 30,000 people in the race. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a big one to be a local race. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's super fun. Um, and most people like wear costumes and, you know, it's like more of a fun race. Um, there's just a couple waves that are kind of more competitive. And so that was kind of the start. Um, and then I won a half marathon in June, um, in Colorado here as well. And that just kind of felt good. It was like, okay, like I'm kind of where I want to be. And like, I missed racing and I, um, there's like this piece of me that I haven't had for a long time. And so I'm excited to pursue it. So 
I knew that um, this fall was going to kind of be my first real season of training and racing. Um, And so I opened up at our college alumni race in September where we were back home um, and it's just kind of the alumni versus the current college team versus other colleges um, in the area. And I won and set the course record. So I was like, okay, this is a good start. Um, It was super fun and it was awesome to be back in that environment. Uh, And then I ran a half marathon two weeks ago that was in Boulder, just a local one as well. And end up surprising myself with that race. So up next is um, the indie half. You're doing indie? I need tips. <laughs> um, and then I'm doing CIM. Oh my goodness. You're doing CIM? Why don't I know these things? This is so exciting. This could be my announcement. We'll just go with that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I think that those are really smart races for you to do. Like just given your history and where you are now in your professional career and like post baby and really like starting this comeback because of the kind of races that they are. I'm not your coach, but they feel really perfect to me. I feel really good about it too. It's funny because I kind of got CIM in my mind um, back in like March and I reached out to Danielle, the elite coordinator there. And I was like, Hey, I know I'm planning way far ahead, but like, I want to run CIM and I am wondering if you would give me a opportunity to toe the line. Um, Mm. Obviously I have any races under my belt for several years. Um, I don't meet any of the qualification windows, but here's kind of my story. I've had two kids and there's been a pandemic and, you know, I haven't been able to race. Um, But I think I can run this time and I want to try and qualify for the trials And she was awesome. She wrote back and she's like, yeah, like I totally get it. And I don't know if it's being a woman. She was like, oh, you know, being on a maternity leave makes sense to me. Yeah. But she was like, yeah, you know, I will absolutely give you a spot. Um, And so fast forward, you know, a few months and then they announced it's the U.S. championships. And I was like, cool, Neely. Good job. (laughs) I'm like trying to fly under the radar. I'm like, okay, I just want this like more low-key experience and then I'm like first big race (laughs) doing the U.S. championships why not yeah that's so exciting well you you maybe talk to Sarah Vaughn about that she had such a great first marathon experience there yes Sarah and I are kind of like you and I where um we've been trying to link up for a while oh nice 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 yeah um and obviously for those listening this is not your first marathon but it's just like it's been a little while It has been quite a while. Yeah. So I ran, my first marathon was Boston 2016. Uh, My second marathon was New York 2016. And then my third was Houston 2020. And so, yeah, I am excited and things are going really well. So why did you, how did you land on Indy for the half? Um, so Dylan actually found it and it just fell at a time frame when my in-laws were planning to be in town. So it's actually our first time ever leaving the kids and he and I are just going to go. And we were looking for something that wasn't at altitude, but wasn't too far um, and was a good course and had decent competition. So it just felt really right. And I've never done it before. And I want to. So <laughs> it'll be a fun one. Now, are you going for like two nights, three nights? Um, We are going for one night. 
am a slightly anxious mother. And so we are flying in. I think we get in at like three in the afternoon on Friday. Um, we race at 8 a.m. on Saturday and we're home by like four on Sunday. I love Sunday. it. That's great, though. That, you know your limits. You know what you want to do. Yeah, I'm easing into it. I think my husband wishes I was a little bit more um, adventurous when it came to leaving them, but I'm slowly getting there. And this is the first, the first step. I'm still breastfeeding Rome. So obviously that is an additional challenge to leaving. Um, so until that's kind of done, then I don't really want to be gone for very long. Yeah. And I think too, when you leave with your spouse, like when you leave with your partner, it's, it's harder because when you're leaving your kids with your husband, you're like, okay, he's fine. He's got it. But I always feel extra pressure when we are both gone because I'm like, Oh, I know how much work this is. And these people that are watching them are not the regular people. So it probably feels even extra challenging. Totally. Yeah. But it gets easier. I promise. Yeah. As they get older, it definitely will get easier. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I think emotionally for me, sometimes leaving is tougher when they're older because you, um, you physically miss more. Like when Mm -hmm. my kids were babies and even toddlers, it's like, I'm not missing soccer games and things like that. Yeah. And they actually, when I look back, probably didn't realize the length of time or my presence being gone nearly as much as they do now. So, um, though it's easier in some ways, it's more challenging in ways that like, I do not want to miss my 10 year old soccer game. Like I love watching him play (laughs) soccer, you know? Yeah. You know, that definitely makes sense. And I'm sure I'll feel that way once we're there. Um, I think my anxieties are more surrounding, like, you know, the kids are, we're both up last night and multiple uh-huh. times and I'm like, oh my gosh, like my in-laws have to, totally. you know, to get them to back to bed when they wake up in the middle of the night and they only want mom. And, you know, even last night, like Dylan usually takes care of Athens and I take care of Rome, um, at like in, you know, middle of the night yeah. situation. And, um, Athens was up and Dylan was over there and he was like, not good enough. And so I had to go over and, you know, actually help settle Athens and get him back to bed. Um, and I think he's just like upset with his cold. He's like, Oh, I'm still coughing. Like, uh-huh. why am I still coughing? Um, cause it's been like a week and I was like, I get it, buddy. I get it. But like, you have to go back to bed. You are irrational at the moment. Um, and so in that situation, it was like, you know, they didn't even need dad. Like he needed me. And so things like that make me really anxious um, about leaving. But I also know that like they always surprise me. And every time that I'm like really nervous about something, it always ends up being better than I expect. Yeah. No, the middle of the night stuff is so hard when you know it's on someone else. And um, maybe you can ease your mind to just say like his parents have done it before. It's just been a while. Totally. <laughs> well, Dylan apparently was like a terrible child and never slept. So <laughs> I think my mother-in-law is well-equipped to handle all the kids. Yep, yep, totally. This episode of the podcast is supported by ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus, with real, verified patient reviews, you can find the right doctor for you, one that actually remembers your name. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed take your insurance, and are available when you need them. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. 
go to ZocDoc.com slash another and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash another ZocDoc.com slash another. All right, back to the show. Um, all right, well, let's talk about your book that came out. What was it like May? Did it come out in May? Um, so it was officially released in April, but it was like all the pre-order copies had sold. So then everyone kind of received their books in May because, um, they had to be restocked. So it was like a good problem to have, but it was awkward because I'd be like, buy my book. It just released. And then it'd be like, um, delayed (laughs) for four weeks. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) Oops. That's kind of awesome though. Yeah. It's been really exciting. It's called Breakthrough Women's Running. Um, and myself and my co-author, Cindy Kuzma, who is a, um, female writer and a female runner. Um, we worked on it for two years to bring it forth. And it was, pretty much my pandemic project um, slash pregnancy project um, that I did. And uh, I was so pleased with how it's all turned out and I've received really positive feedback. So I'm curious, you read it. What do you think? Yeah, I read it. You know, I read it when I was traveling to Wisconsin for the made to move race. And I was found myself on an airplane all by myself and in my room. And I was able to really dig into it. And I love it. I love that you collaborated with so many wonderful people and like leaned into your own expertise as a coach and a professional runner, but also like weaved in really cool stories like Molly Huddle and then you had dietitians come in. And I think it's a really complete book, you know, like all encompassing. Yeah, that was really my goal is like, I know not every chapter will speak to every single person, Mm -hmm. but I want the book to have tidbits in there that is something in it is going to resonate with someone. Um, And so each chapter kind of having a different theme about how to help you become a better runner and work towards your breakthrough. I really loved how it was organized that way. And Cindy and I really worked together because I was like, I like to have like something that's kind of predictable throughout. Like as you're reading it, I want people to like once they read this first chapter, they know how the rest of the book is going to flow. And so we start off with goal setting. Um, and then there's fueling, there's sports psychology, there is actual training stuff, there is strength training, there's injury prevention, um, there's information about breathing rhythm, pregnancy and postpartum running hormones um, and how that impacts your training. So all of these different chapters, I was like, someone is going to be like, oh, I really need this information. And so tying in these, you know, what I see as like very important components on the whole um, to becoming a better, stronger version of yourself as a runner. But it also, you know, we utilized a lot of experts in their fields. So we brought in a sports psychologist to help us with the exercise your brain chapter. And we um, talked with Starla Garcia, who's a registered dietitian in the fueling chapter. And um, we have a sleep specialist for the recovery chapter. And so I feel like there's like a really good amount of stories um, involved that it makes it more of a fun read. 
and it's not textbooky, but then there's also value um, in each chapter. Totally. And I love the key too, by the way, the key with the types of runs and like how it's color coordinated and, and all the things. Um, you talk about VDOT a lot in, in it and Jack Daniels formula. I'm curious, like your method of training and coaching and whatnot, like, is that where you're getting a lot of your information from? Like when you educate yourself, like what are you reading? Yeah, that's super interesting. So I'm a Lydiard certified coach. So I have taken um, that level one and two exam. I'm also, I have a um, coaching minor from um, college. And then I was, when my dad was my coach in middle school, high school and college, um, he followed a little bit more of Jack Daniels style. Okay. Um, so the Jack Daniels book was the first coaching book that I read. Um, and I have absolutely utilized the tables, um, in my book. That was one of the most nerve wracking parts was I rewrote the Jack Daniels tables <laughs> and made them more distance oriented okay. instead of track oriented. Um, and I double, triple, quadruple checked everything. Cause, um, that was, very uh, nerve wracking. And we had the same publisher. Mm -hmm. So easy. We had access to the, t the tables already. Um, but yeah, adapting those was a little bit stressful. Um, so instead of it being like in his book, you know, marathon pace, threshold pace, interval pace, repeat pace, I changed it to marathon pace, half marathon pace, 10K pace, 5K pace. Um, okay. Because that's what distance runners need a little bit more. Um, and I, we didn't need things like, okay, what's your 1500 meter PR? Cause that's not really a common distance that most people are going to have run unless you competed <laughs> in college specifically. And it was recent because that's the only time it really matters. Um, so yeah, that was uh, pretty wild. But I'd say for me as a coach, I was actually talking about this on my run this morning with a friend. So I was sharing how I feel like, um, you know, I've worked with several coaches over the years and mentors like Steve Magnus and Terrence Mahone and, uh, you know, my dad, the Hansons, and I've kind of utilized like different things that I liked from each of them um, that I found helped and worked for me. And so then my coaching style is a little bit more of like this modge podge of, um, you know, coaching, like coaching uh, philosophies that have, you know, influenced how, what I've created for my athletes and for the type of coach that I am. Um, so my business is called Get Running Coaching. Um, we just celebrated nine years, uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I'd say, you know, in a nutshell, if I had to like, you know, a few sentences, like what kind of coach am I? Um, I really strive to be positive, uh, realistic. I want an athlete to be able to set a goal that is attainable and have them take the proper steps through the appropriate phases of training to make to meet that goal and to make it happen for themselves. And my training is very much structured um, on being individual. Um, every person is unique. Uh, as an elite athlete, I have learned the hard way that mm -hmm. um, everyone toes the line having done something different. And it's okay 
to be different. Um, it's okay to do what works for you because you are a unique person and your goals and your race um, approach and, you know, the amount of races that you do in a season and the amount of volume you can handle um, and what you really actually enjoy um, <laughs> is all different. And, uh, you know, not to mention, like, some people have kids, some people don't, some people have jobs, some people don't. Like, you know, there's so many different components that um, play into this. And so for my athletes, I really like to make sure that they are gaining confidence throughout. And so a individual training plan, I think, is what kind of allows that to happen. Totally. Um, can you, I'm looking at your uh, key here, and I think people get confused about this. So I want to ask you, and I know people define things differently, but the difference between like tempo runs and threshold workouts. Yeah, totally. So um, for me, I feel like tempo runs in general, people get really confused by. Yes. <laughs> That's probably like one of the most complicated um, terms in running uh, because some people are like, I did a two mile tempo at, you know, 5k pace or whatever. <laughs> and someone's like, I did eight by two mile tempo at steady state pace. And you're like, okay, th none of this makes sense. <laughs> um, so uh, for me, whenever I'm talking about a tempo run, for example, I usually have two different variations of that. So one is a steady state run, which is 20 seconds slower per mile um, than marathon pace. Okay. It's faster than a normal pace. It's faster than any easy pace you would go, but that's kind of a, you know, intro type of workout often is a steady state. Like I just want you to run faster and have to like stay controlled and relaxed, but focused. Mm. Um, and then my other version of a tempo would be like a marathon pace tempo. So that might be, you know, three by two miles or two by three or five mile tempo straight through or whatever. Um, and that would be like a marathon pace. Um, and then a threshold workout is kind of more similar to um, like a half marathon pace. So, you know, kind of the furthest you would go in just one stretch would be maybe three miles um, at a time. And more than that would be like kind of starting to get into a race effort type of thing. Um, but threshold would be more like uh, like mile repeats, for example. Um, doing those at a half marathon pace is something that you know, is a workout I give my athletes quite a bit um, whenever they're training for a half marathon. Or if we're prepping for a marathon, I like to still throw in some half marathon pace stuff because it makes the marathon pace feel more relaxed and controlled. So if you're doing mile repeats at half marathon pace, and I don't know, let's just say this person's in like week eight of 16 of training and they're a pretty seasoned runner, like how many... I know it's individual, so it changes, but based on the person, but in general, like how many of those would you give someone? Typically I do four to six okay. um, on, you know, kind of how many miles they do a week, where they're at, what their goals are, um, how experienced they are as a runner. You know, I coach uh, Lauren Flores and I have her doing eight by mile coming up um, because she's, you yeah. know, kind of seasoned and she does higher volume. Um, so she can handle that. I did eight by mile last week and I did it on 90 seconds recovery. Oh, that's pretty quick. I like to keep, yeah, the recovery a little bit on the shorter end so that you are focusing on being more in that um, threshold zone, um, clearing out the lactate versus 
it being more of like a, you know, 5k effort where you're pretty much almost all out on each mile, but then you have two or three minutes to recover. So um, the, the main way that I keep people in check is by shortening the recoveries. So then they're kind of forced to run a little bit slower and more controlled in the interval. Okay. See, I really like this better because it stresses me out less in my head because we're not running quite as fast. Mm -hmm. Are you doing complete rests or are you doing jog recoveries? I do jog recovery for everything. Okay. I have just found that, you know, especially as a distance runner, like you're trying to get that volume in too. Uh So uh um, if you can get in those extra couple minutes, they add up at the end. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really love that. So in what situation would you choose to do more of that like 5k effort and the longer recovery? And then in what situation are you like, we're going to do the half marathon effort and do like, you know, six of them instead of four or whatever. Totally. If I have an athlete that's training for a 5k specifically, I will have them do three by mile at, you know, close to their 5k goal, but we'll do two or three minutes recovery in between. And, you know, if I have someone who's doing even a 10k, we might do something kind of similar. Um, I typically tend to keep the 5k, 10k pace to like 800s, 400s, and 800s um, more so, um, just because then you're not tanking anyone too much. Um, you know, it's a lot to do mile repeats at 5k effort. That's a really big, hard workout. Um, but if you're doing, you know, 12 by 400 at 5k, you're still getting in the three miles worth at that pace. Um, and so that's where I might do like 12 by 400 on a 200 jog. Um, and if someone's trying to run, you know, 1845, that's six minute pace. So that's 90 second quarters. Um, and so, you know, that would be like a really strong workout. And that would be kind of indicative of, okay, if you can handle that pretty well, then you're probably moving uh, in the right direction towards your goals. Yeah, I love I love this, because I think for a long time, um, a lot of marathon runners, myself included, were probably doing too much like fast stuff for extended periods of time rather than doing the more so like eight by a K at at half marathon effort or whatever, you know, and, um, it kind of frees up your mind a little bit too. Like, okay, that's manageable. I can do that. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, every now and again, I'll do some kind of longer, harder effort, especially if someone's not racing that often Mm -hmm. and more so to, get the mind prepared for like that longer grind um, and experience in a race. Um, But when it comes to workouts, you know, we do a lot of like longer miles in our easy days. Um, And sometimes I'll throw in like a medium long run just midweek, or I'll do some kind of workout in the long run um, that kind of helps simulate like, you know, running on tired legs um, towards the end of a race. And so I find that doing something, for example, like a, you know, 12 mile tempo or something like the, the 5k paces, like uh, 12 by 800 at 5k pace or something um, like that could be kind of 
exhausting to someone if they're trying to do multiple workouts per week. Um, so it's kind of either you have to focus on one key workout a week and then just recovery around it and a long run. Um, or you have to focus on, okay, what, how much stimulus can we do in a workout so that we can recover in one day so we can do another workout? <laughs> you know, if you're like a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday type of person, um, then you can't over fatigue on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Um, so it's kind of figuring out, you know, what can the body handle on those days? Yeah. I'm super curious. Do you have some athletes where you just do the one workout and then like a long run with a workout in it? And do you have some that you're like, okay, you, it makes more sense to do the double speed. How do you decide who gets what and who does more and, and less? Yeah. So, um, often if an athlete is like, has a pretty good injury history where they haven't really had too many um, setbacks, then that's usually a time where I'll be like, okay, you know, we can do potentially two workouts a week. Also, if they're training for more of like a 5k or 10k up to a half, even, you know, workouts aren't as long. And so you do, you can recover a little bit quicker, but like if you're training for a marathon, and you have a 20 mile, you know, workout long run, like you're not going to be ready to go on Tuesday. You're mm-hmm. going to still be tired. Um, and so likely like Tuesday should just be strides mm-hmm. and then Thursday workout. So I, it's kind of week to week as well as athlete to athlete. Um, and it all depends on kind of the race goal at the end, but I only do one workout a week. And I find that to be pretty beneficial for me. Um, You know, I do have an injury history and I have struggled with recovery in the past. And so for me, you know, I'm way better off, maybe a little undertrained, but healthy um, than anything. So my goal is more consistency over like, you know, quantity, I guess, of hard sessions. Yes. So, I mean... I, from experience, well, not me so much, I guess my husband more so, um, has experienced like overcooking for a marathon and (laughs) man, undercooking serves you so much better. It can be intimidating, right? Because if you're overcooked, you're like, man, I can conquer the world. I've done these crazy workouts. And if you're undercooked, you're like, okay, like how much more can I bring to the table? But Mm -hmm. definitely would rather be that on that side of things than, than the overcooked. I actually, um, so I'm running New York in a couple weeks, I guess like 12 days. And Exciting. I would say I'm, I mean, everybody's different, right? So some people might look at what I've done and think you're not undertrained, but just based on my past experience, I, I would say I'm probably a little undertrained. Um, so I, the last like four weeks I've probably cooked pretty hard. Right. And so I'm a little bit nervous. Like, did I cook too late? too much too late but I'm also Mm -hmm. like maybe but maybe not because I wasn't like super bulky and I took so many big recovery weeks in there I feel like it's a little bit of a gamble but I also feel good about I think I'm way more confident because I had a big hard run on Saturday so I don't know like what do you think yeah I mean and again everyone kind of responds a little differently um but I think that, you know, there's a time and place to really put forth the work and then there's a time to rest and let it kind of soak in. Mm. And so if we're able to do that throughout, then, I mean, that's kind of golden. Um, But I think the biggest sign for, you know, whenever an athlete kind of 
you know, starts to seem like maybe they've overdone it. Mm -hmm. It, They're not actually excited about the race. Mm -hmm. Um, They're kind they kind of get to the point where they're just like more mentally like drained Mm -hmm. than anything. And they're kind of like, I feel blah on running and my mind is fatigued. Um, And that's usually when it's like, oh, okay, we got to back off. And I don't feel that with you. You seem pretty excited. um, And I think you're going to be just fine. Sounds like you're, you're good to go. I love that point you make too, because I, so much of that is mental too. It's like, it is, it's physical and it's mental. And if you're mentally burned out that you're not setting yourself up for success. And I think people can be scared to take those recovery weeks in there because they're like, I need to gain, I need to gain, I need to gain. But what a reset it can be for you physically and mentally. Oh, absolutely. When I ran the half here in Boulder, um, the whole next week, I didn't do a single workout. Um, did easy volume, um, kind of let my body soak in all of that fitness that could be gained from putting forth a hard effort over an extended distance. Um, and then I had a really great long run that weekend and I added stimulus to the long run and, you know, felt awesome kind of bumped me forward into, you know, the mile repeat workout, um, and which went like better than expected also. So I think that it's, uh, important to kind of have a little bit of a calm confidence when it comes to allowing your body to rest. And one of the best things that I found is not necessarily like, I don't really take days off very often. Um, but on Sundays I do very short, easy, easy jogs. Like I ran, five miles with my husband at nine thirty pace. Nice. Um, you know, when I usually run seven thirty um or so. For like an easy run. Exactly. So, you know, for me, like having those easy days where I just fully like reset the body um and the mind has been really beneficial for me. So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. I'm so grateful to have them on board. For the podcast, Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging genetics, biometrics, and Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you are not. We put so much time and energy into running or whatever it is you personally are passionate about. And I just think to be able to know what your levels are, especially for your iron and things like that, it's key. So with Inside Tracker, they will take your blood panel, and then they will give you those results and give you an ultra personalized performance system that analyzes all the data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and it will help you learn how to optimize your body and reach your goals. For a limited time, you can receive 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you go to insidetracker.com slash another. If you go to that exact landing page, that should automatically apply the 20%. If that's not working, just use the code ANOTHER and that will get you 20% off. What are you doing to sharpen mentally now? You've had some really great races recently, but you're, again, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, really diving back into it for the first time in quite a while. Like, what are you doing mentally to stay sharp? Yeah, so, you know, I... I'm someone who I do best with my visualization and mental preparation while I'm moving. Mm. Um, 
people really enjoy meditation and visualization while they're sitting there, just focusing on what they want to be doing. And for me, that just causes stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I always do better if I am out running and um, especially in workouts, because I do primarily all my workouts solo. Um, And so when I'm out there, you know, I'm working on teaching my mind to break down the workout. You know, when I had eight by mile, instead of, you know, after the first one being like seven to go, I was like, (laughs) I'm just going to really take it one at a time. I'm going to stay really calm. I'm going to focus on the hill on each loop around because the race kind of showed me that hills were a little bit of an area I needed to stay um, in tune with. (laughs) So for me, it was, um, you know, really teaching myself to stay present and in the moment um, and focused on the task that was right before me um, and not get too carried away with what's down the line. So that's one strategy that I find really helps me. Um, Another one is like visualizing where I'm at, like on the course. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking, okay, in the half marathon, you know, this is how I'd be feeling. Um, This is, you know, me at the halfway point of this workout. So the halfway point of the race, like I'm going to be a little fatigued, but um, I also can continue to run really strong and stay relaxed and controlled, you know, so kind of creating that self um, talk that can help me get through the harder parts of the race. I like to practice in my workouts and in my training as well. Um, that's so good. What is it about us? Like the mind does the weirdest things. I like when I wake up in the morning and I think about the run I'm going to do or whatever, I feel like I'm like, I don't even know how I could like run one mile right now. My body feels so like stiff and tired and whatever. But once we get started, it's almost always fine. We just need to not overthink it when our body and our mind is not in the place to think about it. Absolutely. And I'm actually curious about this with you. So, you know, I started running in eighth grade. I've been doing this for like 19 years now. Um, Pre-kids, you know, running was my identity. It was everything. Um, That was a whole nother podcast that we can have in the future about the identity crisis of uh, (laughs) from a professional athlete to a um, pregnant person who can't run. Um, But, you know, for me, like, I, when I was prepping for the half marathon, um, two weeks ago, a friend texted me the day before and she was like, are you so excited? How are you feeling? Um, like this is your first, you know, elite race back. And I was like, honestly, I don't even know what I'm going to wear. I haven't really thought about the race. (laughs) I like haven't thought about what time I need to leave. I don't know what time I have to set my alarm. Like I hadn't really put any thought into it my biggest like thought was, okay, what do I need to prepare for the kids so that Dylan, when they all wake up and I'm gone, like, what does he need to have ready for them? Um, so like at 8 PM the night before I was like, okay, now I'll start thinking about the race. And I like got stuff organized. Um, and I was on the bus on the way to the, the start line. And it was like, huh, I had that like realization of like, I used to put so much thought and energy into, um, you know, training and racing and like a bad day and questioning everything and, you know, all the stuff. And I was like, 
I was so excited to like be on the, on the bus, on the way to the start line. Um, and I was just like, this is like my break. Like, this is like my, my time where I'm only responsible for me. Like the race is the easy part. I get to go, you know, run and do something that I enjoy just by myself for, you know, an hour and 16 minutes. And then I turn back into mom, but like, no one can bother me. I run with my phone every day, except for the race, you know? So I was like, this is so weird. Like, I don't even have my phone. I can't even be reached. Like, what? <laughs> um, and so I don't know, have you felt that as a mom too, where you're like, you know, like a bad workout really isn't as bad as it used to be. Yeah, I for sure, because I think that the perspective shifts totally, totally. I remember, though, my first marathon after having my first baby in 20. Oh, it wasn't my first marathon. It was my third, but it was like my first time I traveled um, away. And Marsha was like nine months old. I would never tell anybody to replicate what I did after my first baby. Um, But... I remember running that marathon and I was still breastfeeding and everything too. I remember like having to pump after the race and all the things. Um, but I remember when I was like, it was getting really hard at like mile 20 or whatever, or 18 or wherever it was. And I was thinking you did not travel this far away from your baby to like give up in this marathon right now, like right. work a little bit harder, finish as strong as you can because you did not leave for three days to like give a half ass effort. And so I think, I think it can be a blessing in that way too. Like, oh, I've chosen to take this entire day away from whatever else we could be doing. So I'm going to give it everything I can. Um, But yeah, there's certainly like, oh, I just have things to do. Like the day before, like I, I still have to pick up my kids from school. I still have to do X, Y, and Z. And I was actually just talking to Megan Featherston about this. She just ran a really big PR in Chicago and she was like, I just find that I think about it less because I'm, I'm consumed with other things. So mm-hmm. I think that whether you have kids or not, you can choose to consume your mind with enough other things that you don't obsess over it. Yes, I totally think that is true. And I'm definitely that person that like responds better to not overthinking it. Yeah. And having just like a full plate outside of running so that when the time comes, it's like, I don't know. There's just so many other things that are bringing you joy, making you happy. And you know that your self-worth is actually truly not tied to what you end up doing. And then the pressure is relieved and you probably run so much better. Exactly. Yeah. It's a win-win. Um, all right, Neely, we haven't done this in such a long time. So I'm going to make you do into podcast questions again, because it's been, like we said, four years. (laughs) These make me so nervous. But they're so great. And I bet your answers have changed. It would be interesting to listen back to see what you said way back when. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've been asking these same questions for six years. So Um, what is something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? (laughs) Well, the book was definitely a bucket list thing. So now that I did that, check that off. Um, I'd say um, the next thing I'd like to do is do an international race, which I haven't done in a really long time. Um, and so that's definitely something on my list and that's kind of personal and maybe professional eventually. I don't know, like I'm not sponsored, so I don't know how that, that works. Um, but I feel like running is a hobby of mine that I'm just kind of good at, at the moment. Do you see yourself though? You want to get back to where you were and then some? 
Absolutely. Um, I do. And it's just like we said, with that different perspective. So for me, it's like, you know, one of the things that I do, not the only thing I do. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, it does, it looks a little bit different, but different doesn't necessarily mean less. Um, yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited to see how things uh, materialize here over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, I I do. I absolutely want to get back to um, training and performing at a high, high level and, you know, being invited to elite races again. Yeah. I think that these next few weeks are going to be really exciting for you. And I'm so excited you're running Indy and CIM. That's so awesome. Thank you. Um, I was going to tell you with Indy, I was going to like start giving you all these restaurant recommendations, but since you're only going to be there for like 15 hours, I don't know that you'll have time for that. Probably not. Um. What are you going to eat the night before though? Because there's a really good like Italian place. It's called Napoli's and they have really good flatbreads and stuff like that, but you're probably just going to eat like white rice, right? (laughs) Um, I I don't even know. Um, The night before my half marathon, I had sushi. Okay. Okay. It went really well. So maybe I'll just stick with sushi. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. I find, I hear a lot of people do that. Yeah. I did cooked sushi. So like it wasn't, you know, a risk. Don't risk that. No way. But yeah, I felt really good. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm switching my tone from pizza the night before to sushi. I'm a pizza girl the night before. Like one or two pieces of cheese pizza. I don't know why. That sits really well with me. So I used to do. Yeah. Um, what's the best most recent book you've read? Oh, well, I read um, Fast Women, um, a book about the um, – 1928 Olympics um, and the first time women were allowed to compete. Um, And that was really fascinating. Um, But it took me like forever to get through because I'm a really slow reader because it puts me to sleep. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm, (laughs) I mm -hmm. half a chapter a night and I'm out. Um, And then I am right now currently reading a series um, by a friend of mine who is also an author and also a runner. Um, And her uh, pen name is Allie Dean, and she writes sports romance. Oh, yes. So I've been reading her series, and uh, this is like one of her newer ones called The Wilder Games. You are the person that turned me on to Allie because (laughs) she came on my podcast too. I don't know if you remember that, but it was like – Right after, I think you recommended her books the first time you were on and you guys are close friends. And then, um, she ended up coming on the show and doesn't she have four kids now? Does she have two sets of twins? She has two sets of twins. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I read her, one of her books and I really liked it. Yeah. I think she has like 23 out now or something. So, um, but her, her running series is, um, called the Pepper Jones series. Yes. And it's really good. I think there are seven books. And the series I'm reading is about Pepper's son. Um, so, like, it's kind of, you know, years later. And oh, cool. now it's her son, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, we'll link uh, Allie's books, everybody, to to the show notes. So much life has happened since I interviewed her, too. Um, <laughs> all right. So last, last message to leave with our audience today. I would say for me, the biggest thing is find joy in what you're doing. Um, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs over the last five years mm. of navigating, 
um, who I am in the running world, what running means to me, um, how competitive I want to be, how um, my body is not working with how competitive I want to be. So <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing over all this time was like, you know, you can't force it. You have to find joy with where you're at, um, with what you are able to do in that present time. And it's, you know, everything is a bit of a phase. And so it's okay to be in a non-competitive phase. It's okay to be in the best shape of your life phase, just as long as you're having fun. I love that message, Neely. Thank you so much and good luck in Indy and at CIM. Thank you. All right, friends, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Neely, for coming on the show. Friends, you should go follow Neely on Instagram. She's Neely Gracie over there. You can find me personally. I am Lindsay Hine 626 on Instagram, at Lindsay Hine on Twitter, and we'd love to have you join our Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Uh, don't forget to check out Stacy's Elderberry Syrup with Green Growers Farm. That's greengrowers.farm. And use the code SANDYBOY for free shipping on your elderberry syrup. And big thanks to Inside Tracker for supporting the podcast. Go to insidetracker.com slash another and use the code another for 20% off your order. Friends, thanks for being here. We have, believe it or not, one more post-Chicago episode coming on because I just had to talk to Susanna Sullivan after she placed sixth and came in as the second American in that race. Um, so that's going to be coming out as well. Little, little bonus. So going from six to seven post-Chicago episodes. I apparently just can't get enough. Also, we've already locked in that we're doing this again for New York. So I guess we'll just see who does what and who's going to be on for that series coming up. Uh, have a really great rest of your Friday. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here. It means so much to me. I'm so grateful for each of you. And have a really great rest of your Friday and a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week.